0: To the Harley Heaven Rumble Podcast with your hosts, Mick Sinclair and Ben McIntyre.
1: We are back, Harley Heaven Rumble podcast. This is show number 38. I'm Mick Sinclair, and today I'm back with the legendary legendary sales manager of Harley Heaven Melbourne, Ben McIntyre. How are you, mate?
0: Getting more legendary by the day, Mick.
1: You are. We're doing this a little different today. We're normally sitting opposite each other at Harley Heaven Melbourne, but you are there and I'm not. I'm sitting here at Harley Heaven Dandenong. We've got the Zoom fired up, uh, so yeah, it's going to be a little bit different. It's been a couple of weeks and I couldn't get back up to Melbourne today. So we might be a little bit rusty with this, but we'll see how we go.
0: It'll still be good, Mick. Don't worry.
1: Yeah, we've got an interesting show. So this one's going to be all about uh, our friend Tim Collins and his trip on the live wire from Melbourne to Sydney. You follow us on social media. A couple of weeks ago, you would have saw that Tim did the green way up starting at Harley Heaven Melbourne uh, and rode his live wire all the way up to Sydney and finished at Harley Heaven Sydney in Tempe. So we're going to bring him on a chat to him about that ride. But before we do, mate, you know, what's has It's been a couple of weeks. What's going on out there in the Harley world?
0: Well, the most ex- uh, exciting thing that I've had uh, this week is that the Pan America, the display one from Harley's just arrived. It rolled in yeah. about an hour ago. So. So that's um, that, and that's the first time you've seen that thing, yeah? Yeah, man, that's the first time I've seen it. So new engine, new frame, new what? everything, new whole platform. What do you think? What it's do you be, reckon? It's pretty good. Um, I think some of some of the controls. I don't know if it's a, a pre-production version. I think feel a little bit plasticky, but I suppose you've got to sacrifice a little bit of that sort of solidness to be able to get the weight down. Otherwise, it's thing's going to weigh a ton.
1: Yeah, um, well, I've been fortunate. I've been looking at that thing for almost a week or actually has been a week now um, because I've been at Dandinong for the most part of a week and it's been sitting outside our office. And what do you think? I really like it. I mean, I'm genuinely impressed by it really tall so for little legs like mine it's a bit of a struggle to kick your leg over i mean like honestly the first time i threw a leg over i drove my shin that hard into the pillion seat and i thought I broke my leg but other than that i really like it i like the look of it uh once you're on the bike it doesn't feel too big it actually feels kind of narrow and it i actually did a comparison where i went next door and uh to peter stevens and sat on a triumph and and i think that uh the Pan America just based off the look, feel, the touch has definitely got it over that thing. So I'm really looking forward to when we can actually get one with a set of keys and we can take it, you know, take it for a blast.
0: I think for me, that's a big thing. I mean, it's one thing to see a bike in the store just, but to have it actually out on the road, being able to ride it, hear it and and see how it performs is more important for me than being able to just see it. You know,
1: the feedback was good here though last week. I mean, everyone that walked in, they may not have said they loved it and they may have said oh that's different but no one spoke a lot of shit about it which I haven't
0: cool. heard any really anything bad about it so far even online it, it's not that negative or it all seems to be I pretty know, positive I,
1: mean, I know I know we got Tim coming on but when you know H- Harley did the rounds with their live wire and we had the live wire at Melbourne and we had that night there or the afternoon there before we launched them everyone was talking shit on those bikes so it's got a different feel to it yeah it's a completely new Harley completely different uh but it's got a different vibe about it uh in terms of what people are saying
0: I'd really like to actually go grab a Triumph from next door and wheel it and put them side by side and compare the two you know like seat height yeah and length you know what? And that sort of stuff I might do it later I might do it because I actually yeah. didn't
1: even, I didn't even think to do that when uh when I was
0: here I think the interesting thing for me would be that the fact like everyone keeps comparing it to the GS 1200 and that being a horizontal twin is quite wide, whereas this being the V-twin, it still keeps it quite narrow. So if you want to use it and commute on it and things like that, it's, I don't know. I've never ridden the horizontally opposed bikes any distance to know whether that yeah, the width really I makes much of a difference. But...
1: I thought it was going to be bulky, but you're right. Maybe because it is a V-Twin, when I did sit on it, I was really surprised how narrow it was.
0: Yeah, it's really narrow, and everything feels quite sort of lightweight. It's still still a big bike, like 1,200. I I've had had a customer in here earlier today, about an hour before it arrived. It's a little bit unfortunate, but he rides a, I can't remember what he said, but a 600cc sort of Adventure Twin and Adventure tourer. sorry, and he he made the comment about 1,200s being really big and heavy. I haven't done a lot of, I haven't really done any adventure tour riding, but I'd be interested to see how that goes in terms of the size of it compared to the smaller Triumphs as well.
1: Yeah. Because
0: I know Mm that the the Rally Pro and the 850, the new 850 Triumph are pretty popular for size. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether, his comment was that the 1200s are a little bit big. But I think if you want to use it for mainly highway touring and then light off-road and I don't know how often you're going to be hitting like motocross tracks on it, but... Let's do it. Yeah, that'd be good. We'll
1: go to Park four of max at Broad Meadows and go thrash one around.
0: <laughs> well, that's probably not a bad idea. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> Just send it as far as we can.
1: Yeah, no, that would not end well for either of us, but anyway. Sorry, boys, um, we've
0: destroyed our first one in on the motocross track.
1: Well, you know, jokingly, you know, my brother's background being a freestyle motocross with Nitro Circus and whatever, we had Darren Munro, our director here the other day. He's like, what can we do to do this thing? I said, we should get, you know, try and get my brother to flip one.
0: Oh, but, uh, yeah.
1: and I definitely think it's possible, but there's a fair chance we would be sacrificing that motorcycle. Wow. Well,
0: you just got to sacrifice it for the cause sometimes, Mick.
1: Sometimes. I don't know what kind of shape we've been after it, because it'd take a few attempts, I think, before you got
0: it right. Doesn't matter. Can't you do it into a foam pit or something? I've seen that on TV.
1: Yeah, but the foam pit's not 50 meters tall. Like they're not the lightest bikes. No matter how much foam you're going to, that thing's going to sink to the bottom. Yeah. And I think it would sink to the bottom pretty quick. And at the bottom of that foam is a layer of tires and they still hurt.
0: <laughs> Can't say I've ever jumped into one. So, and I suppose no. it'd be two, two motocross bikes, the weight of one. What's a yeah, motocross bike so, weight? 130 uh, kilos or something?
1: Yeah, maybe. Not sure be interesting anyway we're going to move on we've got a vickler show coming up here at dandenong saturday here at vicklers we just had a quick meeting with the guys then uh there's going to be about 30 to 40 vicklers and there's going to be a pretty impressive lineup of motorcycles lots of show bikes um right down the laneway here at dandenong is going to be uh, some music the barbies going to be fired up the whole chapter are going to be looking after that it's going to be some uh, merch specials it's going to be some drinks it's going to be a pretty cool arbo.
0: yeah good what I else? think Joey's going to come down for that. Is he? Yeah.
1: Oh, good. Ringwood have got a shop ride right on the week after. They're going to go from Ringwood to Cadinia pub. Uh, the Cardi pub's a little ripper down near Beaconsfield. Oh, awesome! Um, and actually, be a cool little ride along there. Uh, the Pan America is going to Sydney next weekend as well. Um, so on the 26th and 27th, so Friday and Saturday. I still don't the Pan have any America will be on display. We there. actually
0: have the demo. It'll be July when they launch them. I guess so. I mean, I've, ours has We're not going to. We will be getting one anytime sooner than that. No, but ours has popped up in my in the portal. I noticed the other day in my internal yeah. Harley portal. have yeah, there's one uh, on order showing. We've got a, disp- or a demo one coming. So you won't. Oh, I'd be
1: very surprised if we get one with keys before July. No, I don't think so. Anyway, um, that's enough about us. So what we are going to talk about today is, like I said in the intro, a friend of ours. Harley Heaven Melbourne. His name is Tim Collins. Uh, he was one of the very first and still one of the very few customers of ours who have uh, purchased a live wire, the old new electric Harley Davidson from uh, Harley Heaven Melbourne. And he came to us and said he wanted to ride the thing to Sydney from Melbourne and whether we would support it. And, of course, we like all kinds of cool shit like that. And if some bloke wants to ride an electric Harley and have to stop every 150 Ks along the way, then we're going to vacuum and support him. So Tim, are you there, mate? I can't see you. I
2: am here, Mick. Yep. How are you, mate? Good. Thanks. Yeah. Happy to be here, guys.
1: Yeah. Thanks for, um, thanks for coming in. So like you, like I said, it was a really interesting thing you wanted to do, but before we talk about your ride, you know, I've got a a few questions and I guess we're going back right to the very start. Now I want to know why, why livewire you know tell us a bit of history a bit of background about yourself you know tell everyone who you are what do you do um and you know do you have any motorcycle background have you had a motorcycle before the live wire? um just you know before we talk about your ride let's start on that
2: okay no not a problem yeah so there's about 20 questions in there mix so it's gonna have to <laughs> compress that into all right
1: let's start with the first two who are you and what do you yeah.
2: do all right so um, my background is industrial design, so um, you know I appreciate sort of a designed object and, and sort of anything that's brand new. So I'm, I can sort of deal with that concept. Where, whereas a lot of people are just like, "Oh my god, that's too new. I'm not ready for that." Kind yeah, of people hate change, especially in Harley World. Exactly. So whereas I embrace, you know, change because like, I sort of deal with it every day. You know, every day with my work. So um, bit of background. So I have had motorbikes. My last motorbike was a Ducati um, Sport Classic. And a little bit different, you know, mm. to the live wipe. Before that, I've had Yamahas, like you know, two fifties, um, you know, two fifty V's, that sort of thing. So pretty small, and you know, more for getting around town and that sort of thing. But um, one thing you guys probably don't know is I've got a huge um, bicycle background. So oh, cool. I used to race uh, mountain bikes back in the day. Um, I've ridden, you know, bikes my whole life. So I think, and I think that makes a difference because. You know, having an electric bike, it's not that much of a jump up because, you know, I don't expect, the my you know, my push bikes to, you know, make an engine sound when I get on them. Mm-hmm. So it's the same, you know, having an electric bike. I mean, having said that, it was still a little bit odd going from, you know, a Ducati or whatever. Yeah, yeah big time. But, um, yeah, you don't sort of, um, you know, rely on that sort of, um, you know, kind of feedback yeah. kind of thing. Have you ever had any electric push bikes? I do have – I've got a cargo bike that's electric. So yeah, yeah which I put my kids in and that sort of thing. So yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean uh, yeah, again that's um, probably helped me transition, you know, to the electric bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: What um, made when did you first see the LiveWire been follow obviously Harley they announced the LiveWire when was it 2014 or something I think? And then they've basically been talking about it ever since like we had one when I was working at Harley City in Brunswick. I was working at another dealership and we had their, their prototype one on display for about a week and a half which is similar but vastly different to the actual final product. Have you been following the live wire all the way along or are you just really yes, in the yes last Yes and no.
2: Like I did hear about it many years ago, but it's not like I sort of, you know, had kept my finger on the pulse. Mm. Um, I had actually tried a Zero motorcycle years ago. Oh, yeah. So I had sort of thought about getting an electric bike. But I, I c- it felt a little bit too early then. Like mm. I don't know what it was, um, maybe about five or six years ago. Yeah, okay. And I think since then, you know, you can't get them here unless they're second hand. Yeah. Or but yeah. Um, yeah, my wife has an electric car. So, and she's always sort of been hassling me about, you know, getting an, an electric car myself. And I sort of wasn't ready to do that. And I thought with a bike, you know, that I could, you know, sort of make that, yeah. that step. So, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. But of course, I had seen, you know, The Long Way Up. And yep. that kind of reminded me again, I was just like, damn, yeah, it's actually out, you know. So, have yeah. you ever had an
0: interest in Harley's? as a whole in general, or is it just the, the, the fact that we've got the first electric bike that's full size and in market?
2: Yeah, so that's a good question. I mean, I, I always knew about the, the company and, you know, the history of Harley, but I'd never, you know, ridden a Harley. Um, I'd only sort of known people, you know, having them almost as like um, a piece of art. Yeah. You know, like friends and family that yeah, are just okay. like, you know. So I didn't know anyone who sort of rode one. So, mm. yeah, it was um, a little bit different. To suddenly just, you know, buy a Harley. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting.
0: How did you find it first coming into a Harley Davidson dealership? Because obviously, there's always like preconceived notions of what a Harley is, or a Harley dealership, or a Harley rider, or there's that
2: image. How did you feel coming into the dealership for the first time? Uh, I mean, I felt completely comfortable. It was a bit weird because it was just after lockdown and everyone had masks on, and yeah, you know, yeah, it was, it just was like a bit weird. You know, but um, apart from that, everyone was you know really welcoming, and um, mm. you know, there's definitely no sort of um barrier you know it's not like oh you know you gotta show show us your street cred or whatever yeah. before you you know step in the door oh that's good to hear so, mm. um just say from being one of the few who who have them what do you think about the actual bike are you absolutely oh. in love with it or are you like oh yeah it's really good or what do you No, know? i mean oh, uh, it's probably not love yet because that's something that you know happens over after time yeah. over time but i'm falling in love with yeah. it so and, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this Sydney trip because mm. I knew that doing a lot of Ks in one hit, you actually learn so much about the bike and that's exactly what happened. And, um, yeah, so it, when I actually got to Sydney, it was sort of a bit anticlimactic because I sort of just wanted to keep going up that east coast. I was just like, damn. Yeah, right. Like, even though it's 860 or whatever Ks, yeah. it, you could have gone forever. It was just very comfortable. And that ironically, that bike is not set up for long trips, no, definitely not. You know, but you know, granted, I had, you know, pretty much nothing on me. I just had a little backpack, you know, um, a, a pair of boxer shorts or something, and that was it. So it's not like I was really set up for a, a long trip. Mm. Yeah.
1: Talk about just riding around though. You know, Melbourne. You use your bike as a commuter. Um, have you? Do you know? Do you ever get stuck? You know, in terms of charge, you have to be very organised. Can you be unorganised having a live wire in a city like Melbourne? Is it something that you can find charging stations everywhere?
2: Mm, No, that's a good question. So around town, there's pretty much always somewhere you can find to charge. Like, you know, there's shopping centres, there's Charge Fox stations. So you you can't really go wrong around town. But as soon as you get out of town, that's when, you know, you need to get a bit more organised. So, How do you find them? So um, there's an app called PlugShare that's um, and that's sort of got every type of uh, plug on there, not just the fast charging. It's got you know your mum and dad, you know sort of shops, your retail shops that have them out the front, um, you know shopping centres. It has every single one, and you can change the filter on that. You can you know just change it to the mm-hmm. plug you have, and you know that sort of thing. Or like I've, I've actually got about four different apps on my phone. Oh wow. So I've got ChargePoint, I've got ChargeFox, I've got PlugShare and I've got EV. I think. So you can actually find, you know, if you only like one company, you, you can just find those ones or, you know, even on PlugShare you can filter it so that you only find a certain type. Does PlugShare show all of the ones from the other apps or does it only it does. show? Yeah, yep. okay. So, and, you know, for most of those, they're kind of, if you aren't organised and you really need to, you know, top up to get to somewhere, you know, most of the time you only really need... You know, like um, charge fox or something. Yeah. So, but there are pockets around Melbourne that unfortunately aren't set up yet. So, you know, down Mornington Peninsula, for example, like if I go down to Hastings Bellaring, uh, which I've done a few times, getting there and back in one charge, it's sort of not really possible. So, you've got to either charge at a um, fast charge location just outside, like a top up just outside of Melbourne, and then maybe top up as you can, you know, or you know, one or the other, mm. or um, if you're doing something down there, you know, plug into a house or whatever, you know. Yeah. Okay. Just to get. I that would up, have you thought.
1: Know. I would have thought down that yeah. way, especially through Red Hill, with all the wineries. I could imagine there'd be a fair few Teslas getting around there on a weekend. Uh, I'm surprised there aren't a lot of charges down that way for that reason.
2: Well, there is. There's Cape Shank um, RACV Resort that you come that you can plug in, but yeah. nowhere else that I've that I've come across. Um, so yeah if any if any business owners you know are listening to this like and you're down that way, then you know that would be great to sort of cater for yeah. for other people
1: so let's talk about the ride from uh, Melbourne to Sydney um you know first off, why Melbourne to Sydney?
2: yeah, so initially, I'd had the idea of kind of going through bushfire areas at the start of last year and and kind of supporting those towns that have been really you know massively hit, like, so Mallacoota and, you know, mm. that sort of thing. And then COVID hit, so I kind of thought, well, that's going to have to be put on the back burner. And then later in the year, probably because of COVID again, I had the time to kind of, you know, watch the series, like, Long Way Up, and that's when I, you know, came across, um, you know, found out that the Livewire was available. And then I just thought, why not try riding up the Livewire? And the, because there aren't too many other Livewire riders, that's yeah. why I did it, you know, by myself. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when when you first said that that's what you were going to do, I love the idea, especially we're talking about falling in
0: love with the bike before. Obviously, I've had the opportunity to ride a lot of demos and things over the years, and there's always those specific bikes that, even though it's the same as another one that I might have ridden, just doing those big rides on bikes like I've ridden to Sydney and Adelaide and stuff. But I always remember specific demos, even though it might be the same as 10 other ones that we've had purely because I've done a big long ride on it. So I completely understand why you would want to do that big ride to really get to understand the motorcycle. And I suppose it's a big challenge. There's lots of planning involved.
2: Like what sort of planning did you have to do to be able to carry out that task of getting to Sydney? Well, I mean there was planning but at the same time there didn't really need to be. It was just I I planned just in case it was needed. And to be honest, you know, I could have only spent a day doing it. Because all I sort of did was look up you know, how far all the stations were and what the range was and work work out a bit of a backup plan in terms, you know, if, um, you know, my charge didn't last as long as I'd expected or, you know, because, you know, you might um, be to- you might be shown that it's 180 k's on the battery, but, of course, that's just on a flat road, no wind, you know, that sort of thing. Um, in reality, of course, we've got, you know, you've got turns and, you know, hills and everything else in between, so... Um, yeah, there were, there were a few, you know, minor hiccups along the way, but if you took those two hiccups out of it, it was smooth sailing. What were those two hiccups? So the two hiccups, um, were with the one company, Evie, so there was, it was the first stop, about 130 k's out of Melbourne, that was in Avenal. Is That the, that was the longest one, wasn't it? The longest was about 140, yeah, yeah okay. so I think it was the next one that was the longest, yep. but, um... So, I got there, everything was going well. I had about twenty ks left you know in the battery, plugged in, thought everything was great, and it just didn't charge. oh wow, so, and I rang up customer support um, they couldn't really help me out, and I just thought, well look, I needed an extra twenty ks to get to euroa so um I had no choice but to plug it into a powerPoint, you know so the the you know service station Caltech's there they were fine, you know, but it just meant that I had to wait an hour, yeah you know so. That's that's not ideal, but since uh, since sort of that's happened, I've been in in touch with Evie, and they've sort of said that they've been testing with a live wire, and mm. it was a software you know sort of issue that they had, and because I had during testing, I had done a run out there, and, and it had worked. Oh wow! So I don't know if it's like when Harley does an update, Evie needs to you know do that update too, or you know something like that had, had happened. Yeah, okay. So and. Uh, you know once i'd done that got to the next station that was fine charge fox it was completely smooth the whole time the rfid cards worked perfectly you just turn up plug in tap your rfid card and you're away you know yeah well wow. what sort of time frame like how much charge did
0: you did you do while you were there i know it says from uh, an empty battery to 100 percent is just under an hour about an hour what sort of charge did you have when you got there and how long
2: did you have to wait around So when I got to uh, Euroa, so the first fast charge, I was down to, you know, like 15, 20 Ks or something. So, and it tops up to about 180, 190, that took an hour. So, and I've actually written it down um, and that cost, uh, where are we? Uh, That cost $4. So that was um, 53 minutes and that cost $4.11. The whole trip was $13.47. The whole trip all the way up? Whole trip, cost way. you thirteen dollars. So, um, not including charging at home, which, yeah, you know that's probably a couple of dollars. Yeah, so you might say it was fifteen. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so that's pretty cheap. Fifteen dollars to drive yeah. all the way up. So, it's pretty good.
1: That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Have you found
0: since you've gotten back? I know the word, uh, the the term range anxiety gets thrown around a lot. Have you? Have you sort of? since you've done that trip or the more you ride it that becomes less of an issue as it just becomes every day that you've got to remember to charge it and be a little bit more prepared you
2: can't just pull up at a servo put in you know 20 bucks and off you go yeah i mean it's not dissimilar to you know like a petrol engine where mm. you, you know you, you run on yeah you, know, you get to empty and you know we, we've all had that feeling of yeah you know, you're in the middle of nowhere and what are you going to do kind of yeah. thing so if anything, being electric, you're more likely to sort of be be more organised. So, you know, and charge next door, and kind of, you know, be a bit more careful. But what I actually learned on this trip, which was you know fantastic, was ways to sort of you know preserve and conserve you know battery. So you know, getting into more of a tuck position. Um, uh, getting close to trucks, if I need to, you know, just to—I mean, I, I shouldn't really be condoning this. Like we only—we <laughs> only did it in, you know, specific testing, you know, test conditions. But you know, if you need to, you can sort of just get a little bit close behind a truck and sort you, of pulls you along. Pulls you along. You won't, you know, like say within ten, fifteen you know, meters mm. or something. And your your battery does not even go down. You know. Yeah. Right. Um,
1: the old slipstream.
0: Yeah. The old
2: slipstream trick. Yep. The old bicycle hmm. trick.
0: <laughs> Overall, how long did it take you, just say, in terms of riding and stopping? I know it took you two days, but from when you left to when you arrived at your first stop and then?
2: Well, it didn't really take me two days because I left at six in the morning from Fitzroy Mm -hmm. and I got into Tarkata at five o'clock. So that brings me to the next hiccup. There was another EV station there. And I contacted the manager who had got back to me about the first sort of hiccup, and ironically, I had you know this manager's number because he sent me an email, so I rang him directly, and so I didn't have to go through customer support, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. which is in California or something. Oh, so anyway, um, my plug actually got stuck in the bike, so I would have got to Gundagai kind of at five thirty or something, but instead, I was stuck there for a few hours. Oh wow! So yeah, it's kind of um, I was like you know being one of the first you're a bit of a guinea pig yeah um but uh, I had to ring Holly Assist they came along disconnected the battery discharged all the power and then the plug release oh wow so they were the, the two that. yeah they were the, the two hiccups um that happened apart from that everything was smooth you know
0: wow that's amazing Wow. Mm. <laughs>
2: so yeah having said that if i had charged there if, you know and if i'd charged at Avonall which will be possible the next time i do it mm. then i could have got to sydney easily by you know 9 10 in In the same day day, yeah yeah. so it's possible to do it in a day you know
0: you're right because i I get a lot of customers come in and that's it's always one of their complaints even though i mean it's a pretty extreme thing to ride it to sydney because it's not particularly Mm -hmm. designed for it it's not even the ergonomics of the bike but that seems to be what a lot of people their comment is oh how am i going to ride it to sydney you go, well, I know someone's ridden to Sydney yeah, it's and it was yeah. not that difficult really by the sounds of it. You just jump on it and, and charge along the way. And yeah. I suppose it's probably even it, in terms of time, takes a little bit longer because you stop along the way, but probably gives you the opportunity to have a look around while the bike's charging and mm.
2: enjoy the trip a little bit more because you're not just yeah. head down, bum up, just... Yeah, you don't feel like you're in a race or something. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it kind of forces you to, you know, get off, take a break, you know have a drink, whatever, you know, like, um, exactly as you said, like, mm. you know, appreciate your surrounds a bit more. Mm. Do you want but to just tell us about the towns that you
0: stopped in? I know you brought your map in, but do you want to maybe just go through the route? I don't even need to look the map, you know, it's, it's, it's imprinted. It's my brain. Like, right. there.
2: <laughs> it's, um, it's a memory palace in there, you know. So yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah it, was, it was great. I mean, a, apart from those two hiccups, every other town, I mean, you know, a lot of people have done this trip, like it's a fantastic mm. trip, um, and you just go through some beautiful country, like, you know, um, yeah, so, what can I say about them? I mean, I mean, some of them you bypass, like, you know, you roll you're, up. You bypass just about everything, yeah. yeah you kind of, you kind of do, it, apart from the really small ones um, that I had to go in, you know, to charge in, but yeah, if if you're not going in to charge, in, then you can bypass just about I everything. Think, just from memory, I haven't driven up that
0: way in a couple of years, but you just if you don't have to stop in any towns every town's pretty
2: much bypassed all the way isn't it yeah yeah pretty much um a- apart from a few you know small towns like avonall that are very close to the you know to the highway and yeah you can just sort of drop in and you know. um but yeah i mean the bike itself got a fantastic reception like and especially in a few places like euroa i turned up you know charged next to a couple of tesla you know owners they loved it um so i was chatting with those guys took some photos compared you know charging rates and all that sort of stuff they were you know huge um ev sort of nerds so that that was that was good and then this lady who transports um motorbikes came past and she just lost her load like she she was like oh my god it's here you know the electric harley she just couldn't believe it she <laughs> was so excited so she ended up you know introducing me to all these people in the in the you know whatever it was the celtic station and she just loved it. Like she just couldn't get enough of it. I wish I had got a photo and I wish I had details, but I kinda thought that that was gonna happen every stop, but she yeah, was yeah, she yeah. was the most keen, you know the keenest. Do you get much of comments like as you're riding around the city?
0: Do you get much of
2: comments like you you riding riding the the a really, really. most people, it? well, I've had a couple of people go, is that? And I'm like, yeah, you know, but not that many people kind of know what it is. you know. Do people ask when you're at the service station? Well, I suppose you don't have to go to a petrol
0: station, but a people ask when you stop? And you go places. If you go to the shops, or they just sort of like any other
2: motorcycle, they just sort of walk past it. Yeah, you you sort of only get you know a, a handful of people that really ask questions. Like you know, it's either people know what it is and they'll ask, or otherwise you know they're not expecting it, so they they don't see it or whatever. You
1: know. I normally get dudes at lights when I pull up at a set of lights, and there, you know another guy will come up on a motor, on a bike. He'll he'll lane split and jump in the car in front of him, and he'll double take go oh is that the electric harley and that's you have that two second conversation and then Mm. you know lights go green and you ride off but that's the most engagement i kind of get when i ride it um is mainly from other dudes on bikes at traffic lights
2: yep yeah i've had a couple of and even a couple of uh harley riders that i'm like yeah fellow harley and they're just like what What
1: about the actual ride though? I mean, I know from when you were, you were flicking some uh, photos through to me, it sounded like you cop some shit weather by the sounds of it.
2: Yeah, I, the rain was the worst part, but um, you know that was towards the end, and that's part of the reason why I planned to leave a bit early because I didn't want to be wet day one. I was just wet, you know, part of day two. So, and that was a lot of rain in a couple of hours, sort of coming into Sydney. It was, you know, almost flood water up to my feet at a few, you know, spots. So. Yeah, so when I got to Tempe, you know, I was like a drowned rat. And, you, know. so you can confirm to everyone
0: you weren't electrocuted that I keep no. seeing online and I hear these stupid jokes of, <laughs> oh, ride right, an electric bike in the rain,
2: you'll get electrocuted. <laughs> you're still alive, you haven't been electrocuted by it. No, but one thing you do have to consider is um, when you're charging, at the moment there aren't canopies that sort of go over the charging ports. Ah, uh, yeah. I've okay. talked to ChargeFox and Evie about that, like, and they're talking about putting them in because there aren't that many that mm, are that's needed. That's a good point, yeah. Because – uh, you know, electric cars—they get charged on the side, so rain yeah. isn't going to get in as easily. Whereas, you know, motorcycles—the motorbike—is yeah. going to pull at the top there. So, so mm-hmm. I was putting garbage bags over the top. You know, yeah. So one of your photos there was a guy gar- i was going to ask you about that. Going, why have you got a garbage yeah, bag? Just over in the case. Top? I was talking to you know some Harley mechanics about it, and they said you should just do that if it rains, just in mm-hmm. case. Yeah. So your wife's
0: got an electric car as well. How long has she had that for? That so she's
2: she's got a Tesla, and she's had it for maybe three or four years like she was one of the early adopters so
0: and she found that the infrastructure is improving dramatically or is it a little bit stagnated or
2: what with charging stations yeah or just charging yeah. stations around everywhere she doesn't really, better she or? hasn't taken it out of town that many times so okay. for what she uses it for That's it's perfect, perfect yeah. you know she just, it's part of her you know daily routine she just plugs in at night mm. and you know we've got solar so um it, that actually got installed around about the same time when we got the car. Yeah, okay. So our bills, you know, have pretty much stayed the same and we don't have any fuel costs, or anything. Yeah, that's the so, yeah. same. Interesting little side point, but, yeah.
1: Um, how did you go when you got to Sydney? It looked like the guys put on a bit of a spread for you. They were pretty excited to, uh, to see you made the trip.
2: Yeah, they were fantastic, the boys at, uh, and girls at Tempe. Like, I hadn't met them before. Just turned up, you know. They were squealing like school children. <laughs> and um, put on yeah an amazing spread. And and I like I was probably a little bit knackered and um, you know like a drown route. So they, I was uh, not really in party mode. And and I and they had to get back to work as well. So it was um, it was a short lived party, but still a you know a very welcome you know sort of greeting. It was good.
1: What uh what other plans have you got? Are you going to go up north again? What about going sideways and getting to Perth?
2: Yeah, well, I'd love to if you guys are keen, you know, like maybe a Pan-America and Livewire, you know, battle or something. Back-to-back no, maybe not battle. <laughs> battle. <laughs> Is it going to be called the the Greenway Across or I don't know, we'll have wouldn't to think that, of names. wouldn't be that
1: green with the Pan-America.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, I'll, I'd be definitely keen to do an, another trip like Hobart to, you know, Melbourne or, you know. Um, yeah you know melbourne to townsville or sydney to Townsville, you know something like that would it be possible yeah. to get across the Nullarbor? is there
0: any charging points or is the the longest gap too far to be able to actually get across
2: i would have thought so yeah i mean i've even looked at adelaide that's yeah. sort of not really that possible at the yeah, moment okay. so um yeah the the between fast charging stations like it's sort of mm. too far so mm. that's uh that's something you know we can maybe put pressure on the you know the big companies to Make sure, yeah, because at the mo- it's really set up for cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, not that sort They're of. They're getting three or four
0: hundred k ranges,
2: aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they might kind of leapfrog, you know, charging stations. Whereas, you know, a motorbike needs to sort mm. of go to every single one, you know. Which is still like a normal
0: motorcycle too. Like, if, I know, I I just drove to Adelaide on the weekend, and I'd, I know get eight hundred k's range in the car, but on a bike, you're getting two three hundred k range mm. depending on the model. I know, like most of the tours, you might get the top end of three
2: hundred k's, but it's still much less than what a car is. Mm-mm. Yeah, my Ducati was like 200, 220-ish. So it's yeah, not exactly not similar. And for me, you know, after like 150Ks, you know, your legs are starting to get a bit dead. And, mm. Especially you know, in that riding position.
0: It's not like you're sitting on an Ultra. It's like sitting mm. on an armchair for three hours. You probably yeah. want to stop
2: at those points anyway. But, yeah, I mean, it was still really comfortable. So, you know, and, you know, things like cruise control, you know, you don't get arm pump and you can just mm. move your arms around and, yeah
1: nice one well um we we might wrap it up there i know the uh you filmed the whole thing um he took lots of photos uh, you, you know you spoke into the camera at times um and i know uh our mate tom fields he's i spoke to him yesterday so he said he was actually going to send the footage to me by lunchtime today so he must be having a late lunch because i don't have it yet um but that's you any day so as soon as we get that footage we'll uh put that video up on our youtube we'll share it on facebook i think it's going to be a cool little short film um that documents your trip and i know i'm really looking forward to seeing it and no doubt uh, everyone else is too
0: yeah can't wait to see it yeah i'm looking forward to see it. i've seen some of the photos maybe we'll put some of the photos up on our social media as well over the next yep. week or so
2: Awesome. All right. Cool. Thanks for uh, having me on, guys.
1: Thanks, Deets, yeah. for coming back in, mate. Uh, we really appreciate it. It was a huge effort. Um, thanks for keeping us in the loop. And um, yeah, we look forward to seeing what you got next.
2: Not a problem. See you soon. Thanks, man. See ya. See
1: ya. Righto, Benny. Well, that was a pretty cool uh, story, mate. Like, you know, you were you were a part of it right from the start. You were the one who came to me and said, hey, this guy wants to do this. Can we jump on board? And um, I know you were following that pretty closely. So it must be pretty cool to. To be there right from the start, figure out, you know, how he was going to do it, how we were going to get involved and then see it come to life and now here we are talking about it.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, Tim first got in contact like right in the middle of the lockdowns and then we're in and out of lockdown and we're trying to get him to come in and test ride it and have a look at it to begin with. And then um, once lockdown, like so having the email exchanges, sort of got to know Tim a little bit and then... The idea to ride it when he emailed me with that i nearly fell off my chair i mean for someone to wanting to ride even just riding long distance a lot of our customers it's just such a foreign thing they've never even really left victoria or they would have never even ridden 300ks in a day and then
1: i did a i did a shop ride on the live wire like you know everyone heard it on the podcast but i had massive range anxiety when we stopped from, we started here at dandenong um, and I had it on charge all day and then we did the lap of the peninsula and I got home back to Botanic Ridge with, I think it was four Ks left. Um, you know, I was getting ready to call my wife saying, hey, bring the unit around, we're going to load this up. But I could only imagine trying to deal with what Tim did, uh, even though he knew where these spots were, like anything can change.
0: Yeah, exactly. Brain,
1: rain wind whatever so it's a pretty big effort it's pretty cool
0: yeah i mean even with the at the end of the day though if you are riding out somewhere he's carrying a charging like the the just normal wall charger it's just we we actually
1: didn't even talk about that that fucking wall charger isn't the smallest thing to carry on your back
0: no so i mean he's carrying that the whole time which for weight but also as a backup he can really charge anywhere that's the thing that people don't really think about when they're talking about live wires. You could be out in the middle of somewhere. As long as you've got power, you can charge the thing. Yeah, yeah. that's true. It like just takes a while, right? It just takes a while. You might get stuck somewhere for, for a while, but it doesn't have to be a full charge either. Like mm-hmm. You could plug it in for an hour and just give yourself that bit of extra oomph to get you where you need to go. Or really to a, or to a fast that, charge. Or, yeah, exactly. So I think maybe it's probably less of an issue than what we all think it is. Yeah. True. I really should right, do well, some to and from work and some commuting on it. I keep talking and saying that I'm going to, but I yeah, really I, it,
1: but I think I'm like the only one in our group that's done a bit of time on it.
0: I think you've done the most out of everyone on it. I've ridden yeah. it, I've just ridden it around here, ridden around the city. I love riding into the city to run errands and stuff on it just because it's so easy to get through traffic and you don't have to worry about a clutch and it's just really easy. We uh
1: we sold another one the
0: other day, didn't we? We sold the demo. Yeah, we sold our demo one, so I've just in the process of getting a new demo commissioned. Um, so if you do want to test ride one, just let us know and we'll pre-book you in. Don't just rock up and, and want to ride one.
1: Um, well, pre-book me in because I love riding that thing. So I'm going to come and grab it.
0: Good. I'll book you in. Um,
1: we might wrap this one up here, mate. Uh, I've got a little bit to do. I know you got more bikes to sell. Uh, we'll be back next week. I know we've had a couple of weeks off. That's purely because you've been away on holidays. It's good for some, right? But,
0: not for others. <laughs> One other and little deal. bit of news that I think we forgot is uh, Dandenong being uh, Dealer of the Year.
1: How the fuck did we
0: forget that? I'm just i I'm just looking at email here and then going, oh, actually, 2020 Dealer of the Year, medium-sized dealer, Dandenong. No
1: shit. I guess it's because that was last week oh. and we've got so much going on. But, yeah, let's talk about that. 2019 and 2020 and Dealer of the Year for Harley Heaven Dandenong. Um, it was – a surprise considering that our dealerships here in
0: victoria that <laughs> was shut for like three or four months closed for three or
1: four months but you know they were still operating the front doors were closed but there were still people inside these four walls working their ass off selling motorbikes selling motor uh, getting motorbikes out still selling parts you know we were still hitting sales targets they were still hustling and Look, I know, no disrespect to you being up there at Melbourne, but I do spend a bit of time here at Dandenong and I was seeing and I continually see how hard these guys work. And, man, uh, I don't think there was another dealership that deserved it more than these guys. Like, I was genuinely surprised because of lockdown, but, man, I was so stoked for them. And to be here at Dandenong when, you know, we had the Zoom meeting for the Dealer of the Year Awards, you know, to be here, to be able to walk around and shake everyone's hands and congratulate them. They were actually really stoked and proud of it. Um, I think that it could be an award where some people in some dealerships might win it and they go, "Oh yeah, cool, whatever. These guys here, it meant something to them. It was, a you know, it really showed them. It, it, was, it really showed them how hard they've worked and their reaction um, showed to us that it really meant something to them. And that was cool, especially to go back to back.
0: Yeah, it's always nice to get that recognition for your hard work.
1: Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I know. I think they're going to do a dinner and they're going to have some kind of celebration. We've got 2020 Dealer of the Year signs up all around the
0: dealership. It's pretty cool. Yeah, nice, man. I don't know how we forgot that.
1: Nah, fuck, I didn't think of it. Too about, much man.
0: is happening all the time.
1: There is so much going on, but hey, we're here and we're uh, going to be here next week. I've got a good show planned. We're going to talk about the Revolution Max engine. We're going to dive a lot deeper into that. We've only really touched on it.
0: Well, it'll be nice to do now that like both of us have physically seen the bike. they've we've yeah. We just haven't ridden it or heard it or anything like that. So but...
1: I think we're going to smash out two shows in a row pretty quickly. Um, we'll do that next Tuesday and and go from there, but we might wrap that one up here, mate. So you, you got anything else?
0: That's it, man. Sign off.
1: All right. Thanks, mate. I'll see you next week.
0: See you guys.